what we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Is it too late to turn back now, Scott Whittington? It is too late to turn back now, Brian Hanks. <laughs> it is. You know there's a song that says, It's too late to turn back now. I believe, I believe, I believe I'm falling in love. You know that song? Uh, I've heard it. <laughs> I preferably like to hear it from the people who sing it originally. Well, I was just singing it. Um, it's too late. Okay, anyway, man. What a way to start a Monday morning. I know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, listen, today is a hello. Live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina. It is Monday. It's Labor Day Monday, September the 4th. And notice how I had to check the... And the, uh, the time on my, or the, uh, I had to, had to open my phone real quick. And make sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure I was right. Yeah, September the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is episode 921 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Everybody is off today except for you and me. Because when yeah. you finish here, you gotta, you're heading to Greenville, right? Uh, no, no, no. We're, we're, we are off today. No. Are you? That's awesome. Yeah. I really did. I thought you had to work today. No, we were So you're telling today. me you got up early this morning just to come on the Brian Hanks show? I, I got up early this morning just to be on the Brian Hanks show. Yes, I did. I, much love, man. Much for love, sure, much respect. Sure. I really thought, I thought your mom had told me that uh, you had to, uh, that you were like leaving for Greenville she, she, like at 8 o'clock or something. She gets schedule mixed up all the She time. does. She does. Well, good. Well, dude, yeah. thank you. This is awesome. You're joining yeah. me here. Mm. We've got a great show for you today. You already hear Scott Whittington. He's going to help us uh, host the first hour here uh, because we got to catch up with our boy. Our boy was at yeah. the big house on TV on the big <laughs> house uh, with ECU, as you know. The son of Kenston, I don't know. You've got so many. Sweet Pea, if I don't call you Sweet Pea, Mr. Clemens is going to get mad at me. Yeah. So Sweet Pea, the son of Kenston, as Michael Martin likes to say, the uh, minor league ba- or the Carolina League Bat Boy Hall of Fame. Wh- what other nickname? Dude, you've got Celeste, worse half or worser half. Is that a word? No. Nah. Not so greater half, something like that. Hush. Um, <laughs> um, I got two nicknames from the uh, equipment staff. What are they now? I am called Flash and Grandpa. <laughs> Why do they call you Flash? I know Grandpa because you're older than everybody else uh, yeah. on the staff, but what about Flash? Because I move slow. You don't move slow. I'm, I'm a slow slow worker. I, I take my time, so they call me Flash. I would never have. Dude, I, well, good Lord, what would they call me? Ultra Flash? Great, 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 great grandpa. No idea. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome, man. We're going to get caught up with you here in a little bit. You're Like I said, you're going to help me co-host this whole hour, too, uh, as we uh, hear some great stories from Ann Arbor that our boy Scott Whittington uh, was part of that crew, that uh, the equipment crew for ECU. Hey, wait a minute, that rhymes. The equipment crew from ECU. There you go. Ah, there you go. Uh, that was uh, up there for the 30-3 to loss against uh, the Wolverines and second-ranked Wolverines. Let me tell you something. 
I was, I've been asked several times, and I know Panicelli, who's going to be joining us here uh, in less than 15 minutes, is one of them that we were talking about. He asked me, what would I consider a – because, listen, nothing, nothing, nothing against ECU, man. I mean, we were pulling for ECU hard. I was in Greenville all day on Saturday doing volleyball, and I can tell you, dude, you'd have loved press row for the volleyball match, man. I had my laptop open, and everybody was watching my laptop <laughs> on Peacock. Then uh, uh, Katie Pleasant, who was running, she's a part of the media crew for uh, for ECU. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had her phone, and then, dude, you look down press row, and yes, we're call- and I'm calling a volleyball game. Everybody had their iPads, their phones. I had my my laptop, and we were all watching that game on Saturday. But, dude, that's awesome. Uh, Panicelli asked me what would I consider a, um, you know, a. A nice loss, not a bad loss. I got to tell you, dude, I think ECU represented itself well. The spread was 36 and a half points. We heard from uh, the people, the folks over at Visa and the Vegas Sports and Information Network here on my show on Thursday when Jason Bryant was hosting, and they said the line was actually going to go up to 38 and a half. They thought it was going to go from like 36 because it had opened at 35 and a half. It went up to 36 and a half. They thought it was going to go up to 38 and a half or maybe even 39 on Saturday. Line didn't move, and you know what? For good reason. A 30-3 to loss, uh, kicking the field goal there at the end to keep it from being a shutout. I had no problem with that whatsoever either. And, uh, man, I, I thought ECU showed itself well. They did. They we uh, they competed very hard and ate on, on the Marshall this week. <laughs> you caught me a mid-sip. Sorry. You, that's all right. I thought you were going to go a little, little bit longer. It's all good. Here is, and I think uh, Marshall, as uh, Danny Rice pointed out to us, I think uh, they've started out Marshall's point-and-a-half favorites going into uh, Saturday's mm-hmm. game, which I got to tell you, I don't really understand, but you know what? That's Vegas, and guess what? They built all those palaces in Vegas and all those casinos and everything. They didn't do it because they're wrong. You know, yeah. they, they get it right a lot of times, although they got it wrong with uh, <clears throat> with ECU on Saturday. But uh, I want you to. You're going to give us so much color from uh, from Ann Arbor, and I'm really look, Ann Arbor, and I'm really looking forward to this. But I want you to give some credit to. Uh, I mean, you're down there on the field with a hundred and nine thousand screaming fans there, and they said there were about six thousand of them from uh, Greenville. How, how was that crowd? I mean, and you you can give us the the good perspective of that, of that being down on the field. How was the ECU crowd that was there? It was awesome. I mean, that you, you look you looked anywhere. In that maze out, and you see Pat, you you saw patches of purple, um, and and a lot of them were down on the front rows before the games, just trying to talk to us, uh, talk talk to the team, uh, wish us luck, and it, it's awesome. It was awesome to see that you know one of the biggest stadiums, one of the most craziest environments, college football, see a a good uh, representation travel from your from your school. I it meant a lot to to look up and. See all those patches of purple in in the stands on Saturday. Did you get to see Danny? I did not. He was up at the top, but I I did look up early on when I ran out for warm ups. I did look up there. He told me where he was sitting. I looked up there for about a minute, trying to see if I could spot him. I said, "Well, I can't spot him, so I gotta um, keep going." Well, like I said, it seemed like, and this is crazy. It seemed like uh, they said there were close to six thousand or whatever fans. I guess they sold. 6,000 fans to the fan, you know, to the ECU, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. But obviously there were more than that because, uh, like you said, I mean, there were, I, and when they would pan through the crowd 
on Peacock, uh, you could see patches of purple, not just there where uh, they put ECU to sit, but in other places too. But I swear, dude, I know you have to feel the same way. Uh, not just Danny, and I'm going to forget names, but I know Kenneth Blizzard was there. You know, he ain't going to miss a game. And just patches of other people. I know, uh, oh, who's the uh, weather guy for Channel 12? Uh, Donnie uh, Cox. Mm-hmm. Donnie Cox was there. And, and a lot of people. Got to give some credit to, uh, and you're going to have to help me here, uh, the WITN sports guy. Eric. Yep. Eric, Eric Gullickson was there. Mm-hmm. I spoke to him. Brian Bailey was there. Mm-hmm. I spoke to Eric and Brian uh, but before the game on, on Saturday. Yeah. But before the team took took the field for warm-ups, I had the opportunity to speak to both of those But how cool is that to have two local – Although we can't watch Brian Bailey in our house because we've got direct TV. They got to clean that mess up, dude. They do. They do. Because guess what? We're six days from NFL Sunday and, uh, uh, yeah. Hey, should I get YouTube TV? I haven't done it yet. I'm still, I'm dragging my feet on it a little bit and looks like we're going to even, I don't even know if I'm going to get it this way. Cause it looks like we're going to be up in uh garner. You, you Sunday. got, you got to do what your heart tells you to do. And uh, follow your heart, Brian Hanks. It's a lot of money, though, Scott Whittington. It's $450. You got the the TV set up in there just for football. I know, dude. Follow your heart, but if you want me to say something, I say go for it. Do it. Okay. Well, very good. uh, That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. (laughs) Even if I said don't do it, you're probably going to say, well, I'm going to probably end up getting it. Yeah, but I'm not going to get it this way because it looks like we're going to be – man, we had a little bit of – Minor exciting. I know we're going all over the place here, but uh, yeah, we are everywhere. Hey, let me say, okay, you just heard you heard Scott Whittington. He's going to be with us this whole first hour. Coming up in about ten minutes, Mark Panicelli from Two Five Two ESPN, and then in our second hour, we're going to have a, a special little treat here. I don't think you're hanging around for this, but if you can, if you want to, of course. But uh, one of the smartest people you will ever meet, one of uh, the most talented actresses in our neck of the woods, uh, and. And on top of it, the child of our next door neighbors, uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be Holly Holly Holder joining us here. She is the star. She is uh, the Little Mermaid in the Little Mermaid, uh, which nice. is going to be taking place uh, this weekend out at Lenore Community College. Nice. So very excited. The Brian Hanks Show, again, a proud sponsor of it, as uh, we will be, uh, uh, like I said, well, I don't know any other way to say it than we're a proud sponsor of it. And they are, uh, again, it's going to be this weekend. She's going to tell us all about it. She's never been on the show before, dude. Oh, really? No. Hmm. We've had uh, her mom and dad here on the show before. Uh, And, again, I just think it's neat that, uh, man, we have so much talent just right here. Dude, she went to Duke University on a full-ride scholarship. She did. Yeah, that was incredible. (laughs) I think they give out like five of those a year. Maybe it's even less than that. And right here – in Lenore County, Holly Holder got that scholarship. So we're going to talk to her about Duke. We're going to talk to her about the Little Mermaid. We're going to get to know her a little bit. She's actually even a teacher. She's going for her master's right now uh, here in, I think she, guess where she's getting her master's through? I believe, I believe. Where? Harvard. <laughs> no, not like Little wow. Harvard or what? I mean, I'm talking about like wow. the awesome. Harvard University, dude. That's awesome. Dude, don't, she's going to be sitting in that very chair you're sitting in right there. You already feel smarter, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait, man. But uh, So there you go. Uh, again, uh, Scott Whittington, Mark Panicelli here in the first hour. Holly Holder in our second hour. 
And uh, here on a beautiful, beautiful Labor Day, it is so nice out there. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a nice day today. What do you think? It is. It's going to be a pretty day. It is going to be, as uh, Bono would say, it's going to be a beautiful day. Beautiful day. Yeah, there you go. You didn't know you get to hear Scott Whittington sing too. I love it. Hey, that's for what six, you want to call it. There you go. For sixty-five years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu. Or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And you could be like Scott Whittington, a very proud Lenore Community College alum, right? Yep, you got me there. Yeah, I, got, I caught yeah. you drinking. Yeah, um, yeah very proud. Um, did, did not finish my associates just yet. I'm in, enrolled in a program at ECU where, uh, as I'm working along with my degree at ECU, well, you don't necessarily have to graduate from somewhere to be an alum of there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So uh, that—that's that, how I see it, though. So, okay, no, yeah. no, no, no. I give you—I give you that. Uh, Dawson just texted me and said, "Little Harvard." I don't know. There is no little. I, I don't know, Dawson. I don't know where I pulled that out of. So anyway, hey, uh, again, like I said, thank you to LCC for being the title sponsor of the show, and thank you to all our uh our sponsors man we got so many thank you to jason bryant for putting that together but unc lenore healthcare goeco office automation spence automotive woodman life rendell parrot academy down east protection systems king's restaurant the kinston police department davis wholesale tire mills international rillo discount drugs lenore county public schools lenore tire and appliance the down east wood ducks and if i've forgotten somebody i am so 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 sorry uh, those were just basically uh almost off the top of my head there. So let's jump into, I tell you what, I always like to do this on Monday and it makes it even more special. A Junius update. Uh, I got to tell you, I talked to his mom. Yeah. uh, Today is Monday. I talked to her on Saturday for about 20 minutes on the phone. And guess what? I'm going to go visit him tomorrow in Fayetteville. In fact, when I get through with the show tomorrow, it's going to be the first time I've seen him in about four or five weeks. Really looking forward to that. Dude, some very good news. I know you're ready to hear this, too. I know what Junius means to you and what he means to our whole audience. He is home. Good. He got home uh, Friday. They uh, dismissed him from the – or not dismissed him, but released him, I guess is what you say, from the the rehab facility in Fayetteville. They are going to be – he's going to continue his rehab. He still can't speak. He's still rehabbing, uh, speech rehab, uh, and – I guess the only part of bad news, he can't walk again. I don't know what's going on, but he's having to be taken everywhere in a wheelchair. Uh, he is able to communicate with boards and stuff. And he, of course he can ask her uh, yes or no questions, but, uh, just the, Hey, as we all have Scott focusing on the positives here and the positives are that he is, he is home, he's home. for the first time yep. since may. Okay. So, uh, I know I talked to his mom, his mom was just emotional, happy, emotional though, you know, him being home. And again, I can't wait. I'm going to go there. Like I said, I'm leaving here after I get through the show tomorrow. So I'll have a good report for everybody on Wednesday about how Junius is doing. And I just can't wait to see him, man. I can't wait to, uh, see my buddy. I've not seen him. Like I said, probably I tell you what, dude is before uh, your mom and I went on vacation. So it's been a 
five weeks at the very least, maybe yeah. even six weeks. Uh, I do communicate with his mom pretty much, I, I wouldn't say every day, but four or five times a week. And uh, so I feel like I'm in touch with him, but I just haven't seen my friend, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Anything you want to say there? No, it's, it's good to hear that he's home. I've uh, been, been thinking and uh, and praying for Junius. Um, it's been it's been a long, you know, been long summer. Been thinking about him all summer, and it's good it's good to see that he's home and he's continuing to get better. So, Junius, keep fighting, brother. Love you, man. I can't wait to see him, dude, and tell him, you know, because everywhere I go, and I know you get the same thing, Scott. Everybody is always mm-hmm. asking me, how's Junius doing? Have you heard from him? What's going on? Yeah. And to be able to deliver that report that he is home, uh, he's been to church the past three weeks. Nice. And that means, you know, he's a, you know, his parents are very spiritual and all that, and that's a big deal to them. So, uh, again, uh, Wednesday, I'll be able to give you a really good report on Junius. I can't wait for that. Okay, uh, let's look back at high school football real quick from uh, last week or on Friday. As you remember, we told you, unfortunately, our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, Wake Christian at Parrot Academy, was canceled. It was scheduled for Thursday. And then just with everything going on, it's, so it was, it was going to be an 11-man game. That's one thing. Number two, uh, with the uh, official shortage that we have right now. They weren't able to reschedule it for Friday. They tried to do that. They couldn't do it. In fact, North Lenore, whose game was scheduled for, uh, for uh, Thursday and then tried to move to Friday, they couldn't move it to Friday because of an official shortage. Mm. I mean, how messed up is that? And that's uh, North Lenore. Uh, but uh, we did get four games played from our neck of the woods Friday night. And how about this, Kyle Whittington? Kinston, 26. Aiden Grifton, 20. I was keeping it. Jason Bryant was keeping us up to date on that on uh, uh, on our uh, text chain, and uh, just everybody there. And a, a very good loss for a uh, very good loss, a very good win for Kenston. And uh, I believe their fourth win in a row over Aiden Grifton. That's the longest uh, winning streak they've ever had against the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, big win. I was I was tracking the tracking the score, looking at updates uh, from Ann Arbor Friday night, um, and. Even before they they hit the road to go take on Aiden Griffin, I was able to Facetime Coach Gieselman from the Big House. Um, oh, that had and, to have been and, cool. Uh, w- wished him good luck um, from the Big House on Friday night. Uh, but yeah, always, always good to get a win. Always good to get a win over that school and <clears throat> at in Aiden. Um, so yeah, you know, and and listen. Paul Cornwell and Diesel are good friends. I mean, they they coach together they in the uh, East West. But you got to think, man, every time, you know, that's the worst loss in Kenston high school history. 10 years ago, that 76 to nothing loss. You got to think somewhere in the back of Diesel's head that he's like, you know, and he would never do because he's too classy. But in the back of his head, though, he's got to be like, yeah, I got him back again. He's now eight and five all time against uh, Aiden Grifton. How about that, dude? Good good for him. When you think that he's won, what, 84 games, I think, in his career, but eight of them have been against uh, Aiden Grifton. So a tenth of his wins have been against the Chargers. So there you go. Congratulations. The Vikings improved to two and one. The Chargers lost their first game of the season. And like I said, uh, well, now Kenson leads the overall series 10 to nine. And Diesel is eight and five. Uh, The Vikings have won four in a row against Aiden Grifton in six of the last seven. Man, South Lenore, tough loss. They take on uh, Dixon out of Holly Ridge. They lose that game 29-16. to 16. It was the first one in the season for the Bulldogs. 
and the Blue Devils fell to one and two. And uh, this is one of the stats I threw out there Friday. How about this? Dixon was, uh, or South North was nine and one all time against Dixon going into that game. Well, now they're nine and two. Uh, but a tough loss for uh, South North. Like I said, they fall to one and two. How about this one surprised me a little bit, uh, Scott? Uh, Green Central goes to Beddingfield, loses to the Bruins 14 to six. They fall to one and two. That is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that because Bettingfield was 0-2 coming into the game. Yeah. They had lost two close games, but they lost two games to uh, Fike and to uh, uh, what's the other Wilson County school? Hunt. Hunt. Had lost to Fike and Hunt, and uh, I really thought Green Central was going to win that, but they lose that one. Green Central is now 8-17-1 all-time versus Bettingfield. And then, dude, just the heartbreaking, man, poor Jones Sr. I, dude, they lose. They go to uh, Calypso take on uh, North Duplin, and they lose that one 50 to nothing. Scott, the Trojans are now 0-3. They've been outscored 154 to nothing so far this season. Uh, the Rebels improved to 3-0. and And as I said, uh, move to Tuesday, uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to try to do my best to get out there and watch some of this game tomorrow night. Uh, North and North's game against C.B. Acock uh, moved to uh, tomorrow night. Uh, ACOC is 2-0, and North North is 0-2. These are two teams. They've played each other 40 times in history, and uh, Green or, uh, North and North is 17-23 and all-time against ACOC. ACOC, like I said, they're undefeated. They beat Rosewood and Eastern Wayne. That is tomorrow. This week, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week is going to be at South Lenore. Uh, Richlands travels to South Lenore. Both teams are 1-2. and two. Uh, well, you know what? We're getting ready to get Mark on here, and we want to talk about Ann Arbor some, but I'll just tell you, that is our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. I'll give you more details about that tomorrow. Uh, Kenston is at home against Washington. Uh, Kenston is 2-1. and one. Washington is 0-2. Oh North Lenore, 0-2. Oh They're playing two games this week, dude. They've got oh, wow. uh, Acock tomorrow. Then... They're traveling to Beaufort to take on uh, East Carteret. East Carteret is in Beaufort, right? I think so. Mr. Clemens, tell us where East Carteret is. I think it is Beaufort, though. Uh, then Parrot Academy and the game that I'm calling it now is going to be one of the biggest wins points-wise in Parrot Academy history, although I know Matt Beeman, and he would never run it up on anybody. But they're taking on Richland's Liberty Christian. This is Liberty Christian's first season. Now, that game has been moved to Parrot Academy. Originally, it was on the schedule to be in Richlands. However, their field is not ready at Liberty Christian. So that game's going to be at Parrot. Uh, Green Central is going to be home against Eastern Wayne. Got to give you a statistical anomaly here. You're like I am. You're you're a geek when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I say that in a positive way. Yeah. Eastern Wayne is 0-3, okay? But they've scored 20 points every game this year. They lost 22 to 20 at Southern Wayne. They lost 33 to 20 at Acock. They lost 27 to 20 versus Southwest Edgecombe last week. So somehow, how in the world do you score 20 points a game, three straight games, but you lose all three of them? That's nature nature of the beast. So you know what Jay Wilson's like telling his guys, we've got to score more than 20 points, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that game is Friday night. Uh, Aiden Grifton, man, uh, they are at home against Pamlico. Aiden Grifton's 2-1. and one. Pamlico is 0-3. Talk about a team having a little bit of a rough time. But they've played some really good opponents. Uh, Pamlico is, has been outscored 142-14 to 14 in their first three games of the season. Yeah, Elvis is in here. Yeah, he did a little uh, walk by and uh, and scared me to death there for a second, that fat cat. Uh, and then Jones Sr. is off this week, thank God. Uh, and I'm not trying to be mean, man, dude. That's just 
I feel bad. Dude, they got like 18 guys on their team trying to play 11-man football. Yeah. And, you know, Jones Senior, they don't back down from anybody. But, man, they're playing good teams, too. I mean, it is what it is. And then Bethel Christian, they uh, have played a, uh, what do you call it, a preseason game. It doesn't count. Exhibition game. Yeah. Uh, but they begin their regular season in earnest on September 22nd, so two weeks from this Friday against Wilson Community Christian. The Down East Wood Ducks, man. I got to tell you, man, they broke my heart a little bit, uh, Scott Whittington. That'd be all right. Yeah, they lost four of six to the uh, to the hated Carolina Mudcats over the weekend. It really looks like they're going to be the uh, uh, that that's going to be the team that the Wood Ducks are going to play in the playoffs. You know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd lo- don't get it twisted. I would love to see the wood or uh, see the hated Mudcats lose and not make it to the uh, to the Carolina League playoffs, but. You know what? If there's somebody that I would love to see the Woodies take out in the playoffs, it would be the doggone, uh, flea-bitten, uh, help me here, Scott. Not the, hated the stinky, Carolina Mudcats. Hated Just Carolina Mudcats. Help me, Panicelli. I need some more uh, adjectives descri- mm-hmm. to describe the Mudcats. This is a family show, right? I, I don't think I should be the one responsible for describing the disgust that lives down that uh, – 264 no no i'd rather i'd rather excuse myself from this exercise in futility me trying to maintain control it's disgusting amen my brother well i will i will say what i always say though about zebulon it is the armpit of north carolina okay the stinky (laughs) hasn't been washed in six weeks has been working on a roof in 100 degree weather and 95 percent humidity Yes. Am I painting a good picture there, uh, Mark Panicelli? When your next door neighbor is lizard lick, you, you've <laughs> earned everything. All, you've earned every trashy nickname you deserve there. So. There you go. Go to hell, Zebulon. Go to hell, uh, Carolina <laughs> Mudcats, and we'll leave it at that. Is that good? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Mark Panicelli, the dean of ENC Sports Talk Coast, joining us here live on the uh, Spence Automotive Guest Line. You've got myself. You've got the son of Kinston, Scott Whittington. And, hey, how about this? Uh, Scott's going to give us a little color from uh, from the sideline in Ann Arbor, Mark. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for that. The the uh, well-traveled Scott Whittington there, for, uh, fresh from the big house. Yeah, he still so. smells like the big house. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a bad odor. It's not a bad odor. I mean, it smells okay. like maple okay. syrup and uh, pancakes. I don't know why I'm relating maple <laughs> syrup and pancakes to the big house. What it, uh, I got Well, uh, first off, before we get to Scott, I got to ask you your impressions, Mark Panicelli, mm. of uh, Saturday's game, a 30-3 to loss. And then listen, it was seven to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And you know, the way ECU and, and even just a, I know, I don't know about you, Scott, cause you were on the sideline, but Mark and I can tell you that first touchdown was junk was absolute junk. They even went to the instant replay. The replay showed that the quarterback was a yard over the line. What in the heck were, were the replay officials smoking up there, Mark? Must have been some of that, uh, some of that uh, homegrown Michigan stuff. I, I, you know, that was a terrible call. And when you're asking me the general census of how I come off from this game, 
Uh, obviously, from the perspective of rooting for ECU, like most of our listeners did, uh, and I am with you. I want you know this was my problem with this game to start off with, and we talked about it last week. Was I don't like any game where I'm going into it and we're trying to find a moral victory before we even play the game. And I, I just hated that for the fan base. I know the, the players and coaches didn't come in with that attitude. And I do think it was impressive what the defense did early. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it just, you know, over time, I mean, it, Michigan just pounded East Carolina. And, and uh, I think if I – my question's – probably resulted on offense. Uh, you know, again, I, I think the defense early did show some great signs, some great physicality. Um, but, again, we're talking about the number two team in the country. But offensively, uh, you know, East Carolina looked like they had some struggles. And, again, I'm trying to look at this through the lens of, hey, they just played a really talented defense in, in Michigan. You know, however, you know, like I said, I, when you hear – we may be a two quarterback team and I'm I've seen it work. I've seen teams win with two quarterbacks, but ultimately I still feel like if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't really have one and, and I'm more of a one quarterback. I'm a one quarterback man, you know. I I, I just can't <laughs> just like my love the, the like same that. way that you're a one woman man, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I prefer I prefer the the one on one. But but that being said, I I don't know yet how I feel because as I said I I have you know mixed emotions but I I'm not sure again it really what it what it really illustrated and I kind of was without this phrase last week was this shows you the disparity in in the haves and the have-nots in 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 college football yeah I think ECU the passion of that program and the and and how important football is there and with all that they can do, it's, again, just it, – it, it pales in comparison. I mean, you go to Michigan and there's a 100,000-seat stadium and, you know, it's just it's just completely different altogether. And it just – you know, the NCAA, who for years talked about how we're going to suck this up and everybody's going to have the sequel chance, and it never has been like that. And it's really in a direction now where we don't know where it's going. And I don't want to be like that on a Monday. <laughs> but, it, again, as a fan – I don't know how you take a lot from that game. And I think for a lot of fans, it's one of those, okay, we finally got that Michigan thing out of the way. Now let's get ready for Marshall and, and, and let's really see where we are. And a Marshall team that is coming off of a, I don't know, a scary game against the University of Albany, is it? 21 like to 17. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, you look at that situation. And again, I know the history of this. Great matchup and, um, you know, the tragedy that befell uh, Marshall, you know, without question. But I've always loved, um, you know, this matchup uh, anytime they played each other. But, but again, I think this is really where we turn our attention. I, I don't know how to take something from this weekend other than be frustrated. And I don't think that's the way to start off the season if you're a Pirate fan when I'm not sure that was the measuring stick we should use, you know, for this team. Um, Michigan. Um, no, that's no, not no, no, fun no, no. to say. It is not fun for me to say out of my mouth. But I, I think honestly, I just don't think you take from that game and go and say, "Well, this is what we are. This is what we could be." I think, uh, as I said, that my concerns are offense, defense looked good early, but every it's like burn the game film. Let's burn the game film and let's go to Marshall. But still, 
But still, you know, we didn't really do this 20, 25 years ago, Mark. And again, that voice list through Mark Panicelli. You know the host of The Drive with Mark Panicelli on 252 ESPN. But moral victories here, and I'm going to do a little a little quick checklist here. I think, <laughs> and I'm being serious, the 7 okay. nothing first quarter deficit, which really okay. probably should have been 3 to nothing. You don't count that touchdown. You hold them there, and they're, they're, they'll kick a field goal there. It's 3 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Uh, the fact that they beat the spread, I mean, that spread was 36 and a half. And we had, uh, one of our guys from the Vegas sports and information network, Mark, who said that he anticipated that line moving Saturday morning from 36 and a half to either 38 or 38 and a half. It did not move that to me showed a modicum of respect for ECU. And then the field goal there at the end. I mean, yes, a lot of people are going to, you know, if you're outside the program, are going to kind of shake their head or go, you know, whatever. But still, the fact that there wasn't a goose egg against the number two team in the country and that you only lost by 27 when everybody in the world, including Las Vegas, was telling you it was going to be 36 and a half, 37 points. Those are three things that I can point at, Mark Panicelli. We're going to get Scott's opinion here in a second, but I wanted to get yours first here, Mark. I think those are three things that you can point at and and definitely be positives going into the Marshall game. Yes, um, yes, uh, I, I I can I can buy into what you're saying. I'm going to try to be positive about <laughs> about that. Yes, but you know, again, I'm I am a results oriented person. Uh, and so I, I want to see a little bit more. And I got to say, I know Scott's sitting there with you. And Scott, just think about this for a minute because I thought about this. And I know Paul had to. When an ECU kicker makes a field goal, I always think of Brian Hanks. Like, I, if ever, <laughs> anybody knows anything about Brian Hanks, when I see an ECU field goal kicker sitting it right through the uprights, I'm thinking, where's Brian Hanks right now? Well, wait a minute. What do you think when they miss one, though? <laughs> I think of you too. I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking. Well, these kickers, Brian Hanks is like he's ready to pounce on you. But uh, that being said, I I am glad that they covered. If you listen to Brian and I, we said what yep. take the point and uh, and take ECU. So so yes, listen. I, I I'm going to try to be positive about it as I can be. Um and and let's hope you know. Uh, let's hope that we have more answers than questions uh, after 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 Saturday. Uh, you know, against Marshall. Like I said, I think that's probably where we're gonna. Uh, you know, again, if things go wrong on this coming Saturday, um, nobody, the, the the moral victory thing is going to be harder to find yeah. next week. Uh, that, that's right. what I'm saying. If 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 we're coming off of next week and and there's you know again something wrong something aesthetically wrong or God forbid the thing we don't even want to think about <laughs> if we're if we're there then obviously then then we're probably having a different conversation but but again let's stay positive especially because we've got uh, Scott in there mr. pirate gear himself I don't want anybody <laughs> to be uh, down in there um, I was thinking and I wasn't able to hear you guys earlier but I knew I saw that he was going to be on the show and I and I know you call him uh, the son of Kinston. Um, and I got to thinking about it. I mean, it, we could give him like a – he needs a good Howard Cosell name, doesn't it? That Kent Stonian kid. Did you, does he even know who Howard Cosell is? Do you uh, know who Howard uh, Cosell – oh, I my God, not. dude. Why, why Why? would you do that there, Mark? I mean, and, and Winston absolutely Salem, Winston-Salem, North Carolina's very own. Was he Howard really from Cosell. Winston? 
How did I, I, I mean, know? I'm from. I think 20 that's what Wikipedia's like, got. They're wow. always right, aren't they? Oh, they're always right. Yeah, I'm only I'm from like only 20, 25 miles northwest of Winston. I had no idea. Okay, listen, we've got to get Scott in here to yes. give some color uh, from uh, what he saw on the sideline at Ann Arbor. And I got to. And by the way, he is uh, he he's all decked out. He's got this sweet uh, Adidas top on that's got the Pirates logo on it. He's got. Uh, uh, this uh, hat that is like a limited edition hat that looks really cool. And now he's got Molly on top of his uh, microphone cord uh, or on top of his headphones cord. So he can't, he's trying to get her to turn around. She finally has, there you go. Now you can put your headphones back on there. Uh, Scott, are you having difficulty there? Well, oh, I, yep. We're back. <laughs> so <laughs> some of the things that Mark said there, and I mean that I wanted to save to ask you, but what you know, and there, of course, we could, we're not going to talk about X's and O's. And we're not trying to get you in trouble and all that. But you can give us what it was like on the sideline. What were the, I mean, what was it like walking into the big house? One hundred and nine thousand fans there, and what was it like standing on that sideline and just that the all the noise that you heard and and all that? And what were the guys like? How how did they? I know, tell us how you soaked it in. How how did the guys soak it in? Everyone was soaking in as just. It, incredible opportunity it was for for our program and our in our school um it was just an unreal experience um you know come coming in friday seeing the stadium for the first time walking down that tunnel um and seeing uh, over your head you got these big columns that say the team the team the team go blue and you look at the end of the tunnel and all you see is the big m on the on the middle of the field uh, walk out in the field and you're like, wow, this is this is crazy. And then we get there early Saturday morning. You're seeing it all over again. Uh, you're seeing your school's logo on the big on those jumbo uh, video boards they just put in. You're like, this this is gonna be cool. This, and then the crowd starts coming in, and you go back in uh, for pregame. Then you're coming back out for warm ups. And above you, you hear the crowd. You and yeah. you can start to see them when you get towards the end of the tunnel. And there are fans also hanging over the tunnel. And it's like that was just a different vibe. Seeing when the first time seeing that stadium field was like, wow, and chills. It, it was chills. Yeah. It was. And then I stood. Um, I was standing right next to the tunnel um, when Michigan took the field, and that was just wow. Yeah, just just incredible to see. Um, an incredible opportunity for our program and in our school. That is awesome. Uh, you, I don't know if you knew this or not, Mark, but he actually dapped up the uh, Michigan starting quarterback at the end of the game, dude. Well, don't make that a habit. What did you say to him? What did he say to you? I said, so he was, uh, he was walking over toward, towards us. And uh, I didn't, I didn't realize as soon as I did it, um, I go back in the locker room and I look down at my phone. I got five text messages telling me that <laughs> uh, I was just seen on TV uh, dapping up JJ McCarthy. But uh, no, I just dude, I just, you were all over TV, Scott. <laughs> I mean, Brian, how many times did you, I mean, you, we could have we could have put a, a drinking game? Uh, yeah. How many times you saw Scott? I mean, uh, it was fantastic. You, you would have had a there. good little buzz going if you had done that. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I just, I just walked up to him and said. Uh, Good, great game to you. You're, you're, you're a great player. Keep it up. Good luck the rest of the way. And uh, he said, I, I appreciate it, man. And good luck to y'all. And keep doing it. 
Wow. So, yeah. How really, many really people nice can say they've dapped up the Michigan coach, or coach, or the Michigan quarterback, a Heisman uh, Trophy candidate on his own field? Who, who in a post game? Have you ever done that, Mark Panicelli? Done a lot of things, Brian, but I have not done that. <laughs> I haven't either. And I'm 54 years old and have uh, been all over the world. Man, this is what a great experience for Scott. Uh, well, what's the mood of the team, Scott? I know you've already had, they've already had a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Going into uh, Marshall this week. Just, uh, and again, no X's, no O's, none of that kind of stuff. But uh, how's the team looking forward to uh, the first home game of the season, Scott? No, we came out there yesterday with with high energy. We're ready to get back to it, um, ready to play in front of our home fans, and we're ready to get a win this week. That is awesome. Uh, Mark Panicelli, any questions that you have for the son of Kinston? Oh, man, the Kinstonian kid. The The, Kinstonian kid. I mean, it takes a special kind of of, uh, person to go from a Viking to a pirate. That's the kind of men we need in this Army. Uh, (laughs) Um uh, you know, Scott, I mean, you, you talked about the atmosphere there and, you know, um, I, and, I, and I do think it's, uh, again, it's one of those, it's really one of the most iconic venues in sports, period, but in college football, I mean, it is, you know, one of the great, um, you know, cathedrals, if you will, but, um, you know, when you when you go from that, I mean, I, I want you, I mean, Obviously, you're going to have your first uh, you, your on-field uh, pirate game experience, and we'll get to that in a minute. But compare that to, and you've been in like you know again, it's the surreal. Uh, because to me, the only thing I can get equated to, I've never been around a crowd like that in college football. But I mean, it's the difference between if you've been to like um, the short track in Robertsonville or something like that, or or. Uh, one of these, and uh, you know, short tracks around the around the country, and then to go from there to walking uh, into Indianapolis Motor Speedway on on Memorial Day weekend in the 500, and there's 300,000 that good canyon of people. <clears throat> but compare that, I mean, it is it's just unbelievable. And so when you you talked about that, I mean, did did you have because I do that for. For for folks like us that grew up in the in the small towns and and starting out in the small, did you did you have a moment where you thought back to like those big games at Kinston High School or something like that? Like the 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 contrast of because like I said, you could talk about the ECU versus the Michigan game day experience and the difference there. But for me, I mean, it was I literally remember thinking about the you know walking in and seeing a couple hundred people on a Saturday night short track and seeing this and seeing that that the passion that you see there just is what evolves and stuff like that. But did you have that moment of thinking like, wow, look at me, you know, a kid that used to sit there and go, this is awesome. When he was at Kinston high school on a Friday night, that here I am in the big house with a hundred thousand people. And I actually did uh, think about that for, for a quick second during pregame. And I actually thought back to, it was my senior junior senior year. And we had a big game against uh uh, it was my senior year against Green Central, um, and just thinking about that, how I remember how hyped up that day was, um, and and from that to here, I did think about that for a split second, and uh, yeah, it, I was just like, wow. Um, I may or may not have uh, wiped a tear away, but uh, yeah. That's awesome. 
That is awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, enough of that. We'll preview uh, the uh, ECU Marshall game later on this week. We'll get. Uh, no, wait, 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 uh-oh, wait, real uh-oh. quick. Oh, no, let me hit throw me, this hit in me. here. Yes. Let me just throw this in here. And I, I feel like this will be Scott approved, and you're right, because, you know, we love it, man. And I, I'm, we're all jealous. His, 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 his game day gear uh, is just going to be, we're not going to be able to compete with that. But. I think Sky and Brian can both get behind this, and I said this last week to some degree. I I want everybody, every ECU Pirate fan within the sound of my voice to hear this. That game, Michigan versus East Carolina, definitely was big for every Pirate fan, for the Pirates to play in the big house, number two team in the country. It was big. But guess what you saw there? Michigan fans packed that place, okay? Yeah. I don't want to see empty seats. Because if Marshall was in the big house, they would pack that place. So I want to see, I'd, I want to see Johnny Ficklin pack like that. There's no reason why that we can't bring that game day experience. I've seen it happen there, and I would love to see it return to that again. Um, to bring that sort of experience back, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, and, and to see it no matter who we're playing, no matter what the matchup is. Non-conference, conference, you know, in-state, out-of-state, whatever. Because, because as I said, what separates a lot of the programs is what you see right there at Michigan is the fact that they're showing up every time there's a game there, and that's what Pirate Nation needs to do. Yeah, yeah that's it. it. That's it. No, no, no! I want his response. Go, oh, Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all. It's always good when uh, I agree with Mark. It's always good when we see. I go on the road and see pirate fans like we saw the other day. Saw big patches of purple in in that maze out, and you know it's always good when we can when we get our own fans uh, packing and getting Dowdy Ficklin rocking. And uh, I hope that's what we can do this week. It's going to be a big game, special game. Um, but we have really good fan base. Lo- love our fans, and uh, yeah, hope they pack it out this Saturday. There you go. Uh, so enough about that. Uh, I've got to ask you and again, that voice list to Mark Panicelli. Let me slide and add in here real quick. Uh, Mark want to thank our good friends over at Spence automotive. You're listening to Mark on the Spence automotive guest line right now. Spence automotive is where I get my car services, where you should go to located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by local sports riding legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011. The next time you need your car service, when you need new tires, tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. And again, thank you so much to uh, Spence for uh, sponsoring the Spence Automotive Guest Line. Let's get back to the Spence Automotive Guest Line with our Monday guest here, Mark Panicelli. And I want to talk NASCAR in the first race of the NASCAR playoffs, which took place last night in Darlington. But I got to ask you this. There was a lot of confusion now with the Idalia coming through and a bunch of Thursday games being moved to Friday. I can tell you in our neck of the woods, Mark, I mean, our Perry game ended up getting canceled, not postponed, but canceled. Check this out. North Lenore, which was supposed to play Thursday, they have been moved to tomorrow night. They're going to be playing uh, CBA cock tomorrow night in uh, in Wheat Swamp. But to me, and I, I mind, like I said, bearing in mind that there was so much confusion between Thursday and Friday, but then one of the biggest rivalries in eastern North Carolina, West Craven and Newburn, does not get played. Or I'm sorry, turn that around. Newburn at West Craven does not get played. 
What in the world, Mark? And that's a game you were going to be on the call for. Is that has it been canceled, not postponed, or has it been <laughs> postponed? How do we stand there? Oh, this is good. I get to promote uh, tomorrow night on two five two ESPN Radio. Join us for a special Tuesday Wait, night edition of Friday Night Football. That's right. Newburn and West Craven will be squaring off on a Tuesday night, and so yes, we will not miss the opportunity to see the Bears versus the Eagles. And again, you'll catch it right on our radio stations uh, on 107.5, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Okay, it's 6.30. 6.30 p.m. kickoff. And um, so, yeah, busy week for both teams. Uh, Newburn's got um, Nightdale on Friday. And Wes Craven will play their other county rival, Havelock, um, on, uh, <laughs> on Friday. So it'll be a really busy week for both teams. But uh, what was really fun, um, and we knew – um, the, the news actually came out Thursday night, and the official word didn't come out until I, about, I don't know, about 10 or 11 o'clock Friday morning. And uh, But Brian North and I got to talking uh, about it beforehand, and we got to share the uh, crazy high school football fan theories of why the game was postponed. <laughs> so why, <laughs> Which why, were why was it postponed? It was because of a COVID protocol. Um, really? The, uh, coaches, um, I guess, was an, uh, tested positive, And for the protocol, they wanted to make sure the coach was going to be there and for the kids and all that kind of stuff. And so everything's good. And uh, uh, we'll be back uh, and ready to go on, uh, like I said, tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. So um, it's one of those things, I think, too, where I probably had some mutual respect for uh, you had, uh, of course, Coach Twitchell at Wes Craven and uh, Coach Saxby, who, while it's Saxby's first year at Newbern, that those two teams, you know, uh, played each other last year, uh, Hertford County, uh, in the uh, uh, in the in the in the high school playoffs. So there's already some commonality there, and uh, they were able to work that out. So uh, again, not the most. Uh, I, I, what, what, what you say, most desired thing, you want to play these things on Friday night, but, you know, as it has been the case, whether it's during the pandemic or because we deal with September uh, Mother Nature, uh, we've it feels like every year we're dealing with this in one way or the other, games being postponed or canceled. Well, like I said, it was – and I'm with you. It's so funny. Uh, you talking about – you and North talking about all the theories and – there were a couple, and we're not going to give any credence to them, but there were a couple of them floating around out there. And like I said, just with all the games that were moved from Thursday to Friday and then other, you know, programs that, uh, like I said, with Perry having to cancel, North and North having to move theirs, they couldn't find officials. That was a problem with, from what I understand from the North and North situation, uh, Mark, was that we're, we have such an official shortage right now. That's why Parrot just got canceled. And that's why the North North game had to get moved to Tuesday. It's just, it's, and I'll get you to speak to this just for a second, dude. And I think we've talked about it before. It's just, it's sad. And we're beginning to see, we talked about this a couple of years ago, Mark, about how, you know, I have an official shortage was going to start affecting things. It tangibly affected Friday night, dude. It has. And it's, as we've said, as much as we also are amongst the crowd who give officials a hard time from time to time. But we've also been vocal about, especially for you folks listening, if you want to get involved in sports, uh, in youth sports, uh, you can get trained and uh, and much needed 
Um, I I do understand, and it's a bigger thing because we've become not you and I, but society. There have been more issues with uh, people being uh, uh, expressing un, unacceptable behavior towards uh, high school uh, officials, high school coaches, etc. And so it's become a really uh, tough job, and I think that's part of it. But uh, yes. Uh, while we're talking about it, they're they are always looking for some good folks uh, who would like to get involved in that. So um, please get in touch with your local um, referees association, and they'll get you trained and get you out there. And uh, I mean, hey, look if 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 DoorDash isn't your part time gig, babe, maybe <laughs> it's wearing the zebra stripes, right? There you you go, need man. you need a little side hustle. Get out there and. Uh, and officiate some games. And you can make some pretty good money, too, from what I understand. Yeah. And they kicked up the pay for that last year, too. So, there you go. Especially uh, if you take a little under the table. That's a joke, everybody. <laughs> it's Labor Day. I'll be here all week. Okay. <laughs> Indeed you will. Indeed you will. Uh, Mark Panicelli joining Scott Whittington and I on the Spence Automotive Guest Line this morning. So, we've got to get to last night. And, uh, yes, thank goodness it's Labor Day weekend. I still had to get up and do the show this morning. But I stayed up and watched all the way to the end of last night's race in Darlington. and was so disgusted at the end of it. Uh, the the, the uh, checkered flag had barely flown when uh, I just cut it off and went to sleep, dude. I, w- I was just so disgusted with uh, another Chevy. NASCAR wanting Chevy to win another championship. So uh, they let uh, Kyle Larson, who Scott will tell you, n- neither Scott nor I are uh, big fans of uh, Kyle Larson, are we, Scott? No, but can you get off the whole NASCAR scripted thing? That's a that's a great segue. I went from officials under the tape to you talking about NASCAR uh, planning the uh, uh, thing. Look, I I'm also not a I'm not a Kyle Larson fan. I I've been the first to tell you though, a dude can yeah. drive the wheels off a lawnmower, man, and um. You know, look, I think I think he had led like 700 laps of this race prior. Um, he's uh, uh, he has led almost every lap. He's almost like when Earnhardt finally won Daytona. I do appreciate that he understands the importance of the race. You turned it off before he acknowledged this was you no know, Southern 500 is still to him one of the crown jewels of NASCAR, and it's really good to see because with all the corporateness that NASCAR is about. You know, one of the things that gets lost in it, I think, is some of the tradition. And so I did appreciate uh, him paying homage to that. I wanted to quickly say it was a little heartbroken for Kevin Harvick, who had a great run all night for him to fall short uh, the way he did. And now it's going to be an uphill climb uh, as you've only got a couple more races before uh, the next cutoff. I know Scott's guy got a little lucky there, found himself in the a better point situation. Uh, I think both 2311 cars uh, finished well. Tyler Reddick led a lot of laps, uh, could not catch uh, the leader at the end and, and really held off some guys uh, to, to finish second. And, you know, uh, Denny Hamlin, the other guy that a lot of people just can't stand, uh, was uh, looked like he was going to be the guy uh, until that uh, little pit stop faux pas where he uh, – I guess had a vibration or whatever and had to pick consecutive laps. So I was with you. I watched a lot of it, but I mean, it was such a great weekend of college football and there was that Florida state LSU game was going on. So I was trying to watch a little bit of that. And, 
you know, I was going to bring up the ACC flexing its muscle against the SEC, North Carolina beating South Carolina, but then I remembered the Virginia-Tennessee game, and then uh, and it was you, Brian, and I was like, well, I probably shouldn't bring that up, but now I brought it up anyway. But that being said, I was already up watching the, the, the race last night. Good Lord, how many lanes did you just cross there in your uh, two-minute soliloquy? How do you say that? Dude, you literally went like uh, you mentioned everything but the Burning Man Festival, dude. I mean that that was that was pretty impressive. I was going to get to that. This was my Michael Martin impression. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so shout out to your Wednesday guest, who I love, by the way. I do too, man. He's a good guy. Uh, Scott, what are your impressions last night on uh, NASCAR race? I um didn't didn't like who won, but hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, my driver, Bubba Wallace, came in 16th in the playoff standings. Um, and had a solid top 10 run last night. He did. He did. Uh, he, uh, there was one point where he was plus three on the line and plus one. And, uh, he's going to head in next week, um, at minus zero. So he's, um, right at, he's right below the cutoff line, but Hey, moved up three spots in the points. And so, uh. He's got to keep the momentum rolling. Both twenty three eleven racing cars had a good run yesterday, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and I did watch the Florida State LSU game head on the other TV, and uh, I got to say real quick, Florida State looks good. Uh, I'm going to say, and I don't know if I said I might. I know I didn't say it last week with you here on my show, Panicelli, but I might have on yours on our home and home. I I. Dude, I am so mad at Florida State, and I shocked uh, even uh, Scott last night as we were talking about it. Dude, I'm pulling against Florida State all year this year. The worst thing that could happen, I think, would be for them to go 10-1 and one or, or what, 11-1 and one or 12-0 and 0 or whatever and make it to the playoff. Because all that's going to do is just fuel their fire more. And the, you know, they're feeling their oats. They are feeling like they're something, and... And Mark and Scott, they're not. I mean, they had – I guess this will be their second good season. Why were they insisting on trying to get out of the ACC, Mark, when they were 3-9 and nine and when they were, you know, 5-7 and seven and uh, just dragging down the ACC? Now that they've got a couple of win, a couple of seasons under them, now they think they're all that in a bag of chips. Yes, I just went 90s on you there, Mark. You went, you went way 90s. <laughs> you went way 90s. Totally. But but uh, your wait, thoughts, your thoughts. I mean, we're. I um, got to tell you, I was and like I said, I shocked Scott last night when I told him this. But dude, I am not pulling for Florida State. In fact, I think it's the worst possible thing that could happen for the ACC is for uh, Florida State to be good. I mean, they, if they want out, get them the hell out. But I don't know, man. I just I was. I got no love for uh, Florida State, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's a lot to be said. Uh, about this uh, thing with Florida State and really this thing what's going on with the ACC because I love the ACC yep and and it's in danger I mean it doesn't seem like it may not seem like it's in danger but Florida State I'm with you they came in we welcomed them into the ACC and then they think this by dominating football for a long time uh, it made us more sick of them um, but yeah, the moment that they are not getting the money that they feel like they deserve, they're the first school to be public about wanting to be out. And I'm mean, going to say what you want about Clemson or some of the other schools who may have been linked to trying to think about jumping, but at least they weren't public about it. I think Florida State was, 
You know, I mean, it was, you know, trashy. But, I mean, you know, when your acceptance rate is 150%, I would accept that from a university anyway. So, anyways, that being said, I'm with you. I rooted for them only because, one, I picked them. Uh, but, secondly, really because uh, ACC versus uh, SEC kind of thing. But you're right. The worst thing that can happen is for them to be successful. I don't think we're gonna, I think they're going to be. Now, how successful? Um, I mean, we're going to, we're going to find out, I guess, as it goes on, but I mean, they've got a, a lot of great athletes and, and they're a, an extremely talented team. And I'll just put this to you too, this way. I mean, that NC state vote last week that changed because at one point NC state was the, was, uh, was one of the four schools that said no Cal, no SMU, no Stanford in the ACC. And then NC state decided, no, nope, we're flipping. We're going the other way. So the three schools that are really not happy with the ACC right now are those three schools that voted against the expansion because I'm with North Carolina and the other schools who have said, either publicly or otherwise, these additions do not do not fix what's wrong with the ACC right now and are going to create bigger problems down the road. But the three schools are Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. Um, yeah. And so I'm just going to put that out there. As to tell you that, I would say those three schools probably. Um, and I, I know, I know there's a lot of people like, good, those are the three I don't want in the ACC anymore. But, anyways, I would hate to see any of that happen. But, uh, but I'm with you. Boo, Florida State. Boo, Florida State, indeed. Listen, I cannot let you go. I cannot, Mark Panicelli. We're already a minute over into our second hour. We've got our second hour. No, 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 no. It's all good. We've got our second hour guest waiting in the green room right now. But I've got to. I've got to. Hey, I need 30 seconds on Colorado and primetime, and I need 30 seconds on the burning, man. Go. (laughs) That's a lot to compress in here. Um (laughs) Uh, Deion Sanders, man, I love him. Um, speaking of Florida State, uh, I know they think they got their guy, Mike, Mike Norvell, and I think he's great, but man, Deion is, is different. And, and look what he's done. Yeah. You can say what you want, love him or hate him. It was a one win team. They were 20 point underdogs. Uh, it was fantastic. Sign me up for it. I'm all for it. Um, yes, yes, yes. The Burning Man. Um, <laughs> Dude, ooh. it looks like Mad Max. Did you see the videos that came out what? overnight? What in the world? I, I have no idea. And after after Burning Man and 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 then watching the Woodstock documentary from the 90s, <laughs> good luck ever getting me to go to any of these rock festivals. And thank, thank you, Lollapalooza, by the way, for the three times I went to Lollapalooza for not doing me like Burning Man or Woodstock. 99 thank you my gosh good what is going on and if you've not seen if you're listening and especially to our older listeners who and we've got a lot of older listeners here on the show who may be like why are they talking about burning man uh do yourself a favor google news uh burning man and just dude it is crazy dude now they're saying there may be an ebola breakout there did you see that that's not a joke dude i'm not no they're saying there may be and that they may have to quarantine these sixty thousand people that are at uh burning man because uh, of a potential ebola breakout dude well uh, it's, I, I mean i i don't even i'm i am I, I know. speechless <laughs> i'm speechless it, so, it's crazy uh, i know i know well dude uh, hey uh are you doing your show today 
Oh, no. Uh, in honor of uh, <laughs> my Texas guest for today, oh, uh, yeah. for my personal life, uh, there is no Brian or me today. Rangers and uh, Astros are what you're going to get today okay. at 3 p.m. today here on uh, 252. So enjoy some Labor Day baseball while I enjoy the splendors of my girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. So, As well you should. Stay hydrated. I'm going hey, to. Hey, 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 hey. This is very important. You're an older man. We're men of a certain generation here. The important thing here, dude, stretches, do a, do some lunges, okay? You know, yeah. and the number one absolute thing, dude, you got to stay hydrated, okay? Stay hydrated. That's right. <laughs> Don't be the burning man. Do Don't not be, be the, the burning, burning man. man. Absolutely. <laughs> Mark, thank you so uh, much, man. Well, I'll see you on the home and home on Wednesday, okay? Absolutely. A, a happy Labor Day, Eastern North Carolina, and Scott, go Pirates. Go Pirates, indeed. Thank go you, Mark. Go Pirates, indeed. So uh, that's Mark Panicelli as we're wrapping up our first hour in five minutes here. Uh, Scott, just I, you've got 20 seconds final thoughts on uh, – I tell you what, talk about Marshall, 20 seconds. Appreciate you having me on this morning. Yep. Uh, looking forward to – First game in Daddy Ficklin this weekend. Can't wait for it. Go Pirates. Absolutely. Go Pirates indeed. And, again, I uh, want to thank Mark Panicelli. want to thank uh, the son of Kenston. Now, the Kinstonian kid. I like that. You've got a new nickname there. Uh, uh, Scott Whittington here as we get ready to start our second hour. And the lovely, talented, and probably the smartest person that I know coming into the uh, Plushwell Lit Studio here on Whitehall Drive. Holly Holder in the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show.